Hey, this is Annie, and welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. And yes, I am still solo. If you've ever wondered, uh, this peek behind the podcast curtains, how we do these, we usually record them in batches. So this is just me today. But that is appropriate because the episode I want to bring back for this classic is Can You Be Friends With An Ex? Um, So this is something that's been on my mind a lot because, as you know, because I bring it up all the time, I am getting ready to go to Dragon Con, or possibly have already gone at this point by the time you hear it. Uh, And I know that I will see my ex there. Uh, He is staying in the same hotel as I am, and it's just the law. You have to run into your ex. So I, I, he's somebody, when we broke up, and I've talked about this before on the show, uh, it was the most mature breakup, and I feel like there's no ill will there's there's some kind of like sadness at what could have been maybe but it's still hard we still meet up because we work in the same building too so there's that um we still meet up occasionally and talk about what's going on in in our lives and we still text each other and check in on each other but it's we haven't made the jump to friendship yet and it's a jump that i would like to make because um he he's so fun and he was a lovely human being is a lovely human being um, hopefully that didn't stop right when we start we stopped dating so i've just been curious about it and wondering if there is there is a way to make this work so enter this classic episode for anyone else who's in my situation hopefully here are some answers for us i hope you enjoy Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And Caroline, I feel like today's question, can you be friends with an ex, really takes us full circle because there's a, there's a nice little trajectory in our podcast library <laughs> where we've asked questions like, can men and women be friends? What happens in your brain during a breakup? Are rebound relationships healthy? <laughs> and now we're coming full circle back around to can you be friends with an ex? And We're just leading our listeners through life <laughs> yeah. by, the hand. by the hand. And maybe through our own romantic uh, trials and tribulations. Um, and since we have such a brilliant audience out there, I decided that before we came in to do this podcast, we should take a listener poll and see what folks thought. And uh, it's a little split, okay, Mm -hmm. on Facebook. We've got folks saying, yes, you can definitely be friends. It just takes a little time. Uh, For instance, Rin says, I'm really good friends with more than one ex. It helps more when both parties move on and they are supportive of the other's new relationship. I'm a photographer and have photographed more than one ex-boyfriend's weddings. So not only can you be friends, you can also get a little cash off of those exes. Uh, But then again, uh, we also have Amanda Ruth who says, I don't know, I've tried it before and it didn't work out. But maybe it works for other people. I don't know. Um, And then Joel, who just succinctly says, nope. Yeah, Paul agrees with him and just says no. 
Annie says, no, can't be done. Other people say that it's like a zombie relationship. Lorena says that you can manage to be friends probably if you were friends before the romantic relationship. However, it's never the same. Never the same. So it was a total zombie relationship. And you can have all the factors of how long did it last? How did it end? Was there cheating? Um, yeah. Yeah, lots of factors. Yeah. But let's let's take a step back um, mm-hmm. and t- think about why we even consider this issue of being friends with an ex to begin with. And it might have to do with just how enormous a role that love plays in our lives. Basically, we're all saps, nostalgic saps. A lot of us are incredibly nostalgic um, because Neil Rose conducted a study at Northwestern University. He's a marketing professor. The study came out in March 2011, and he found that romance is the most common source of regret for American adults. Yeah, and of course, there's some other ones trailing behind, like, oh, I don't know, family, education, career, money, parenting. But romance is the big one. And he said that uh, basically it boils down demographics. Interesting. Uh, Women, 44% of them reported romance regrets versus only 19% of men. Yeah, it seems like women kind of skewed the curve with this. Yeah, men men tended to have more work-oriented regrets and more education regrets. Now, the single people he talked to um, in this phone survey were the most likely to have romance regrets. Because I'm sure if you're sitting there, you know, not dating anybody at the moment, you might be thinking back like, oh, the one that got away or I shouldn't have let that relationship dissolve. (laughs) Yeah, it it can be much easier to have romantic regrets when you're not romantic with someone else. That's a little bit of a no-brainer. Um, and people who regretted events that they didn't act on held on to that regret over a longer period compared to people who went ahead and took the leap, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Now, I also thought this was interesting, though, from a 2002 Public Opinion Strategies National Survey, um, 30% of adults said that there was run relationship in their past they wish they could continue, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, in that Northwestern University survey, women were the one, uh, the women were the ones who were all romantically regretting everything. But in this survey, more than half of single men Uh, versus just a quarter of single women were the ones who were sad about the one that got away. Yeah. So maybe these are just different types of regrets. Maybe you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. And this Mm -hmm. is more like, oh, but Jimmy, Jimmy got away. Oh, Jimmy. Or in this case, it would be Susie. Susie got away. Or or Jimmy. Or Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, But the point is... For all the Jimmys and Susies out there, everybody, you know, a lot of us uh, have romantic regrets. So perhaps, you know, friendship with an ex is a way to sort of temper those regrets, maintain some kind of relationship. But the question is, is that friendship possible? And there is not a ton of research on it, and a lot of it is dated, but uh, overall, yes. The answer is yes. Studies find that... A lot of us at least attempt to stay friends. Yeah, but there's a lot of conditions on this. Oh, yeah. You kind of have to be getting something out of it. It has to be worth it. And you can't, 
we'll, we'll get into the whole like the rules and regulations of being friends with your ex. But you know, you you can't be basically hoping that you'll get back together. Otherwise, I won't be successful. Uh, an overview in the Social Psychology Eye newsletter cites a 1998 study that found that romantic relationships that no longer fulfill the romantic needs of the partners may transform into friendship, but the resources exchanged must maintain value. So you, you have to be getting something out of it, whether it's free movie tickets or just a good friendship or whatever. Yeah, and that makes sense because, you know, perhaps you need some kind of resource to motivate you to get over the slight of breaking up. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also, this is dated, but nevertheless, a 1976 study which found that friendship was more likely when the breakup was mutual or male initiated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe women have an easier time, perhaps, uh, bridging that friendship gap um, if they've been rejected. A 1989 study found that being friends prior to a romantic relationship was a significant predictor of post-breakup friendship. Makes sense. You liked each other before as platonic friends, or maybe not so platonic, and you were just harboring secret plans to (laughs) tell them that you were in love with them at some point. But either way, you know... That. That. Uh, Well, the 2002 study sort of echoes the one from 1998. This was in the journal Personal Relationships. The idea of social exchange was covered. Uh, They surveyed college students and found that participants who received more resources reported higher levels of friendship quality with their ex. Now, the barriers to friendship quality they found were lack of support from your friends or family. So if your friends are like, stop it, don't be friends with this person anymore. Um, involvement in new relationships. So obviously, you know, you don't want to like trip up the progress that you're making with this new great person by holding on to feelings for the old person and the use of neglect as a disengagement strategy, i.e. the slow fade. Oh, yeah. If you get slow faded on. Oh, no, screw you. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep on fading out. <laughs> yeah, just just man up or woman up or whatever. Don't don't do the slow fade. Um, now there was a study published February two thousand twelve, which I would call the most questionable <laughs> piece of. It's not advice. You can't call a study finding an advice, but of course it's spun as advice as the media is wont to do with any kind of scientific abstract that mm-hmm. is ever published. Um, and full disclosure, I could not find the full text. Of this study, so I'm going on the abstract, unfortunately, so a little slap on my wrist if I'm misinterpreting anything, but from what I can gather, study conducted by Ashley Mason out of the University of Arizona found that when it comes to people who've gone through a divorce, uh, those who had accepted the breakup fared better than those who didn't. All right. Makes sense. Makes total sense. For those who didn't accept it, making a clean break didn't make them any happier than trying to maintain a friendship. Also makes sense. Sometimes friendship feels worse in a way because it's just like getting, you know, it's like getting runner up kind of. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but here we go. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Hit me. If they stayed in touch with their exes, they were found to be faring much better if they kept having sex with the ex. So if you're feeling really glum about getting divorced, this is not just a breakup. We're talking about getting divorced. If you keep having sex with your ex-spouse and keep getting those shots of oxytocin in Mm -hmm. your brain, because that's what happens in a brain during an orgasm. 
and it promotes feelings of bonding and happiness, guess what? You'll feel better. Don't do that, people. <laughs> don't do don't do that. I know. This is like that Meryl Streep movie uh, that my mom watches over and over again. Um, and researchers are like, why? Why does this happen? Because your actions match your feelings. But they give a warning of like, but watch out. Having sex with your ex could prevent you from moving on. Yeah. Half of the pain of breakups, as we've talked about in the podcast so many times, uh, has to do with chemicals in your brain and going through withdrawals from those chemicals when that other person is not around. If you continue consistently having sex with your ex, you are simply delaying the inevitable, most likely. Yeah. I'm not trying to be old Deb Downer over here, but let's be honest. Yeah, you should just probably just move on. And this ties into these narratives that we often tell ourselves about why, you know what, you need to be friends with your ex. You need to preserve this relationship. How you justify it. Yeah. And uh, one of those things is just, you know, waiting, waiting it out as a friend. Because if you can just hold back in the friend zone, he or she will start to see you again as the amazing cupcake that you are and will want you back. And it's going to be feel so much better because right. you will be wanted back into their arms but that could be forever you could end up waiting forever and if this if this happens if you kind of hang out in the friend zone waiting for your ex to you know notice you again romantically you might just end up being the hookup you know the insurance policy like oh well my ex is always going to be hanging around so i might as well just like keep my mind off things etc etc but on the flip side don't keep a person in the in the friend zone right just in case, this is post-breakup, put them in the post-breakup friend zone. Just in case, you know, this whole breakup thing in your brain, like maybe you were just going through something and they're an awesome person, you know, why not be friends? You might see, it might be no. better down the road. Don't string somebody along. Not fair to another person. No. Um, you know, you don't want to hurt him or her. That's a good reason to be friends, right? You know, you feel kind of sorry for the old guy or gal. Again, stringing someone along. Yeah. Breakups suck. We can't get around it, people. I know. I mean, it's one thing if you genuinely want to be friends with your ex, but to just be like, oh, well, we'll we'll just treat this as a transition period. Just a status change, if you will. Yeah, it's complicated. It is complicated. Um, and then, and this is a tricky one right here. And I, I've experienced this myself. I've had other friends offer the same line. Why should a breakup change that we're best friends? We're best friends. He's my best friend. She's my best friend. We got to keep this friendship going. We're besties. Uh, Come on now. We have so much in common. We were like made for each other in some way. Maybe it's just not romantic. Nope. Yeah, because you can't go back to being best friends once there's been physical intimacy or attraction. I mean, once you've seen each other naked, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you can overcome that. Depending. <laughs> okay, well, so you've decided that you're going to ignore everything that we just told you and everything that common sense dictates, and you're going to go ahead and be friends with your ex. And I got to say that I, I totally agree with this advice. As someone who has broken like almost all of these rules. <laughs> Please do this. 
Yeah. So number one, give yourself a morning period. Give your ex a morning period. You have to give yourselves time to get over it. You know, get over the hurt, the anger, whatever. And the longer you were together, the longer it will take. Yeah. Common sense. If you've been together for a couple of years, it might take a couple of years. Yeah. Exactly. They say to keep it platonic. No monkey business, my friends. Keep it platonic. Don't think that you can just fall into that Meryl Streep trap and hook up with your ex because then you're going to be in that weird like limbo gray area. And you might start asking yourself, like, what did it mean? It felt so good. Oh, stop it. Yeah. Just don't do it. So, uh, yeah, jumping off of what she just said, you definitely have to set those clear emotional boundaries. Don't go to your ex for help with your emotional issues and needs. And this is the same thing, you know, people who were like best friends with their with their partner. You can't go to that person anymore. You know, you you might think, oh, my gosh, this funny thing happened. This is exactly what I would tell him if he were here. No, no. Or and it's and it's uh, horrible because a lot of times you do feel like, well, this is the person who knows me better than any other person in the entire world. Guess what? You're going to have to get to know someone else really well, too. Rely on other friends. Rely on your family. Um, Man, I really feel like we're just we're being like the tough coaches. We are today. Um, Also, seek out a love life. We've talked about it before. Rebounding. A little bit of rebound goes a long way to getting you over things. Now, in a healthy way, you know, be safe out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely try to date other people. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, he and his significant other broke up and he immediately launched back into the dating pool i mean not that he necessarily you know not that he necessarily felt it but it's the whole fake it till you make it thing yeah you know distract yourself meet new people have new experiences it can maybe uh, lessen lessen the pain and um if you do end up building this friendship with an ex you know steer keep keep the focus on friendship don't sit there and try to have analytical conversations about your relationship y'all are friends now (laughs) keep it in the friend zone and then if you start to feel those feelings develop i've been there it happens and it happens so quickly there's a sparkle in the eye and you know what you need to back away yeah just just take a step back evaluate and if you decide you know what these feelings are there for both of us you better both be sure because you broke up for a reason yep so these take, you know, take my advice. It's very possible that those feelings could just be like residue. Right. Relationship residue. And again, I know people who have broken up on more than one occasion and gotten back together. They're now happy and stable and whatnot. But this is just these are like consider these best practices. Um, and I also wanted to know what Dan Savage, a relationship guru, host of Savage Love, and also the genius behind the stranger sex column. Um, I wanted to know what he recommends doing post breakup. And he says, stay away. I was not too surprised uh, by this. He said, uh, yeah, you know, you can be really good friends in like three years, two and a half years, but you need that distance from it, especially if you're on the receiving end of a breakup. That person needs to be nowhere in sight for a little while to cauterize that wound, as he would say. Yeah. And he does touch on the fact that, you know, there are all these social pressures to feel like if you're the dumpy, 
to be all mature. Like, oh, well, it didn't get to me. I mean, you're still a cool person even though you broke my freaking heart. We can be friends. We can totally hang out. But no, no, don't don't try to pretend that you're not hurt. Just like go away for a while. Yeah. Get away from that person and their Facebook posts. You know, leave it alone for a while so that you can give yourself a chance to recover. Because in a lot of ways, that is the more mature tack to take than pretending that some kind of loss does not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and Facebook, you just brought up, oh man, like breakups have gotten so much more complicated thanks to Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, listen, I do, this is a personal piece of advice mm-hmm. that I have for people during this waiting period, okay? Block them. Block the person. You don't need to see that only because you know what? A new study out of the University of Western Ontario has found that Facebook makes stalkers of us all. Yeah. And it, it has to do with your distress level. And, but it's an interesting chicken and the egg kind of question. Chicken or the egg, chicken or the egg. Uh, they said that regardless of how much you're actually on Facebook, your distress level changes based on the surveillance you're doing on your ex. And then they ask, but are you distressed because you're creeping on them? Or are you creeping on them because you're distressed? Probably a bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, they found that 88% of people surveyed checked out their ex's pages and... The worst thing to see on the ex's page is the uh, the status update, the relationship status update, because 80% of us will click on that link and look up the new ex's, uh, the ex's new partner. Yeah, oof. I've done it. I've been there. I've done it too. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it, but you then I do. Because it's so easy, which is why I recommend you just make the block. You don't have to yeah. defriend, but you just block them. You can unblock at some point, but just take that... Take that away from yourself. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I've i hidden exes, but I've also done the thing where I've, like, hidden a whole network. Because I'll hide my ex, and then I'll hide all of our mutual friends. Right. Because I don't really want to—I don't want to see his stuff. I don't want to see, you know, if he's dating somebody new. And then I don't want to see all the people, like, posting stuff to his wall. Right. So it's better just to, like, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. L Magazine, the highly scientific <laughs> source, um, talked to some mental health professionals about this whole thing of getting back in touch with exes. Um, and psychologist Christina Zampatella said uh, getting back in touch with an ex can prolong the grieving process unless you want to open yourself up to the possibility of remaining stuck. I don't think it's a great idea to spy on an ex because it does, you know, you start... You look at a picture, then you look at like 10 feel, pictures. Yeah, and then and you then feel bad about yourself. And what if what if she's cuter? What if he's cuter? And all that stuff. Good. Yeah, therapist James Hambrick said that uh, by thinking about something over and over, you know, licking your wounds, you're legitimately feeling a little bit of relief. It may cause anxiety, but for some, that anxiety is preferable to feeling angry, sad, lost, and all those things they'd feel if that person was out of their life. So you're... You're not with the person anymore. You're not even talking to the person anymore, but you're looking at their Facebook page every day. So in a way, they're still kind of connected to you. Yeah, you're keeping something open. And in order to, I think so far what we've found is in order to be friends with an ex, yeah, it depends on the conditions of the breakup, but it also requires this separation period. You got to get back to yourself. And that means not getting stuck in the Facebook vortex, which we're, so many of us are guilty of. Yeah. Um, I, I'm totally guilty of it. Um, and the thing is, too, uh, 
you know, Caroline, you and I, some uh, heterosexual ladies, and we might just be like making a total mountain out of a molehill because uh, studies have found that gay and lesbian men and women are a lot more likely to remain friends with former sexual partners. Dan Savage, again, uh, brings this up a lot in his podcast. He's like, I don't get the big deal with these (laughs) straight people. No one, it's like you have a breakup and that person has to be dead to you. Um, in the annual review of psychology in 2007, I use, it cites a UCLA study focusing on gay and lesbian relationships. And like I said, it found that they are more likely to remain friends. Um, also, another study found that uh, gay and lesbian men and women were more likely to agree that when a relationship is ending, one of my biggest fears is that I will lose the friendship and that it's important to remain friends with someone with whom I've had a serious relationship. Yeah, and they're also more likely to report continued phone calls and social contacts. So there's not really a, the same cutting off period. There's not right. the same like three years, don't even look at the person, don't think about the person. We have so much to learn. Right. Well, the theory, the theory in this this study is that uh, about the, it refers to the small size of some gay and lesbian social networks the norms of particular gay and lesbian communities and the benefits that can accrue from transforming ties. And this goes for everybody, transforming ties with ex-lovers into friendships. And that goes back to our first point about um, being able to gain things from a friendship with someone. Right. If it was a toxic relationship, you don't want to continue that toxicity within a friendship. Mm -hmm. But if there were a lot of, you know, mutual benefits and that person really was an incredible support in your life, you can continue those to benefit from those resources in a friendship, but you just have to tread lightly. Yeah. You just, you really have to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're like, no, no, things are fine. I totally don't want to get back together with this person. You know, be honest. He, he just knows me like no one else knows me. And once you find yourself being sentimental like mm-hmm. that, I mean, there, there are just a lot of red flags. And it's scary. I, I mean, gosh, you go through a, a breakup after you've been with somebody for a long time. And the idea of going back out there and doing it all over again with somebody new, it's off-putting. It's scary. And it's like, God, do I even want to try this? And so you do. You start to think back and like, wow, that was really comfortable. <laughs> Yeah. That was the old couch equivalent of a relationship. I want to go back to that. Yeah. But you know what? Um, The fact about breakups, I think that we've learned is that they hurt our brain. Our brains go through withdrawal. Mm -hmm. We have, it has all these emotional repercussions and there is really no shortcut to getting over it. I recommend replacing it with a life skill. Yeah. My last really big breakup, I learned to play the piano. And I started taking improv classes. There you go. See, we improved ourselves. We did. I don't really play so much anymore, but I guess I'm busy, which is good too. Right. Be busy, but also give yourself time to heal. Don't don't pretend like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. So can you be friends with an ex? Eventually. Yeah, eventually. eventually. That's a good answer. Yeah. And tread with caution. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I can't wait for the stories we're going to get. Now it's time for us to ask you for all of your stories about can you be friends with an ex, guys? Is it easier, you know, if a girl breaks up with you, that one study says that, you know, if guys initiate the relation, the breakup, 
then you're more likely to have a friendship. So does it, is there somehow a bigger burn if you get dumped? Uh, what are your conditions for friendship? Have you made this friendship work? Have you been gone through the whole cycles of being friends and then the twinkle came back and now you're married with a million babies and really happy? Have you defied the odds? <laughs> Let <laughs> us know. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send your letters. And we have a couple here for you, starting out with Anne's story about summer camp. And she mentions uh, the Campfire Girls camp, which we mentioned in the podcast. Just said mentioned like four times. And I'll say it again. She writes, you mentioned that in 1910, Luther Gulick founded a Campfire Girls camp, but that it actually was just the end of a very interesting history of progressive ideas about youth play and physical fitness. Gulick is actually most famous for his involvement in the invention of basketball and for spreading the idea of gym class through his involvement in the New York City public schools in the late 1800s. And he was also involved in the movement for spreading public parks. Luther Gulick sounds like an awesome dude. Anyway, he founded Camp Timmenaus, Camp Timmenaus in 1887 in Connecticut, where it was later moved to Maine, as a place for boys to be out of doors and to adventure. Obviously, there was an emphasis on physical fitness as well. These ideas carried over to a sister camp, Wohilo, which he founded in 1907 and expanded in 1910. Wohilo maidens, as they were called, were to be found living in tents, drawing, hiking, and canoeing, not practicing housekeeping. Girls were expected to be out of doors all day and to learn camp craft and often went on week-long hiking trips. In fact, one of the traditions that still continues there from the very beginning is teaching older girls how to make fires without matches. I learned to do it there when I was 14. Whoa, that's really cool. Wish I could do that. On the whole, it was the sort of place that was regarded as dangerously progressive. The camp is still in existence and run by the same family. And you can check it out at wahilo.com. So thanks, Anne, for sharing that story. And also, since we spoke about life skills, you could make starting a fire without a match your new life skill. As long as it is used, the fire is not used to burn down someone's house or anything like that. Good advice. Thank you. This email is from Jennifer about our temper tantrums episode. And I have to say thank you, Jennifer, for your subject line, which is temper tantrum, a.k.a. Ah, Hulk smash. Okay. She writes, as the parent of boys ages 11 and 5, I've had two rounds of tantrums, the youngest being the worst of the two. I don't necessarily think it is the parents who don't want to deal with the tantrum. If you follow the ignore it method that is recommended when your kid is freaking in the middle of Target, you get the nastiest looks on the face of the planet because you are failing to quote unquote control your child. With the advent of superstores, large grocery chains, shopping malls, etc., the quote children should be seen and not heard adage is no longer applicable. Kids will pitch fits in the store, especially when there are toys and candy on every end cap and at every register. Companies take advantage, in my opinion, of parents wanting to not feel shame or embarrassment when their child does have a tantrum by making items readily available to placate children, just to keep them quiet. I can say that people need to understand, but I think that is asking a lot. Perhaps maybe a more realistic goal is individually as bystanders, just offer the parent a sympathetic smile, not a full-on discourse about how your kid used to do the same thing, and don't attract any more attention to the ongoing tantrum. You'd be amazed at how much better that can make an already stressed parent feel. So thank you for the perspective, Jennifer. 
And thanks, of course, to everyone who has written in. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send your letters about being friends or not friends with an ex. And you can also leave us a comment on Facebook, like us while you're there, and follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And you can read all about what romance does to the brain and the body and how to not be a crazy stalker on Facebook after you go through a breakup at our website. It's HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 